0: Hello, we want to thank today's sponsor, FindMeCandidates.com. Between job boards and social media, it can be a daunting task to determine the best place to post your job opening. And when you are trying to figure that out, we highly recommend FindMeCandidates.com for just $4.99 a month with absolutely no contract. You can get your... Job listed in the most popular job boards, and more importantly, in premium placement on those job boards. You can't get this anywhere else. It's an excellent service to get more candidates to fill the position for your company. Go check it out at findmecandidates.com. Welcome to Business Playmakers a podcast that meets with innovators, trailblazers, and leaders to learn about their experience and what success really means. Hosted by entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. Business Playmakers podcast is brought to you by Employer Blueprint. Employer Blueprint is focused on developing great leaders and high-performing managers through one-on-one coaching and group workshops. To schedule coaching for you or your team, simply visit employerblueprint.com. To franchise or not to franchise, that can be... A big question for a lot of people, uh, and you may ask it on both ends, uh, if you own a business currently, uh, that may be a, a, a big dream for you is to someday be able to franchise that, uh, and if you are considering going into business, sometimes that's a big part of the decision is do you go into business as a franchise Um, and buying into a franchise, or do you just try to start things from scratch? And uh, I don't think that there's any one wrong or right answer. I think it really does depend on the individual person. And what I would recommend you do is take a look at all of the options that are out there. Uh, Obviously, you know, once you understand what industry you want to be in, uh, take a look at the options that are out there and then figure out what's right for you. But understand that you need to be interviewing the franchisor's um, just as much as they're going to be interviewing you. And our guest today actually uh, has gone through that process of becoming a franchise, of creating a franchise. Um, and for those businesses that are considering that, I can tell you it's a very expensive and tedious process. Uh, and so it, it's it's not a decision to take lightly if you decide that that's the direction that you want to go. But something that, that our guest talks about uh, is what that process uh, looked like specifically on figuring out the people that they were going to bring in as franchisees. And so a piece of advice that I would give you on this is make sure that you as a potential franchisee are interviewing those companies and you are making sure that your core values match uh, those of the franchisor, make sure that uh, your vision and your mission align with who that company is, what they believe in and what they stand for. Because if not... There will be constant um, uh, turmoil within the organization because the franchise expects you to do things a certain way they want a routine customer experience and rightfully so they've they've invested a lot in making sure that they're able to provide that and so you want to make sure that you are aligned with them so that you're able to provide that customer experience that they have uh, worked very diligently to create. So make sure you're interviewing those and, and really understanding what you're getting into and reviewing those franchise agreements. So I know that's a big decision, and I'm looking forward to uh, you having the opportunity to hear today's guest as he's had the experience of going through that and what that has looked like and uh, how they've been able to create that and really scale their business. I want to remind you to subscribe to the show and feel free to reach out if you have any questions. Thanks so much and enjoy the episode. Well, I want to thank you for joining us this week on the Business Playmakers podcast. Uh, We have our friend Robbie Marlowe here. And, um, uh, you know, Robbie has really... Uh, created a great example of how to scale his business and what that's looked like and, and some of the, uh, the the peaks and valleys and, and joys and challenges that have come along with that. But um, Robbie, first of all, thank you for coming on. And then also just want to hand it over to you. And, and why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your journey so far and how you've got to where you are now?
1: You no know, uh kyle thanks for having me on taking the time to uh let me share my story and hopefully your viewers or listeners get a bunch of value from uh my mistakes and my uh, hardships of trying to scale a business so yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what we're hoping to do here absolutely uh, yeah to hit my story real quick is um i'm from a small town in texas uh i actually i want to say i was a, I was born an entrepreneur i uh I grew up in the '90s and the early 2000s, so really watched the internet happen. So um, one of the biggest and earliest entrepreneur things, besides mowing yards, and you know, my dad told you know, t- tell me to paint the house, and I go get somebody to do it for me, and then pay them a little bit to keep the rest. You know, yeah. I got in trouble for that. You know, my dad didn't he wanted to teach me about hard work, and yeah, you know, not about selling. But uh, the, the earliest one was you remember Napster when we were kids? Oh yeah, we were probably the same yeah. age. Yeah. Um, I remember being, you know, twelve years old and selling my dad to buy a CD burner and saying, "Hey, can you please do it?" He's like, "What do you want this for?" And I was like, yeah. well, "I just want it, you know, and I'll pay yeah. you back for it." And downloading songs on Napster and and going to school and flipping CDs like it was mixtapes, you know, Cause that was mm-hmm. my like early ventures of an entrepreneur. So I like nice. think I was born one because I wasn't raised in that atmosphere. Yeah, uh, my dad wasn't in, in the engineering, and uh, my uncles were in oil and gas, and so my early career after. You know, doing that stuff. I went to college. I graduated with a two year degree in uh, instrumentation. So, what it is is like low voltage and uh, stuff like that. And with mm-hmm. that, I went into engineering. And that's what I did. And yeah. uh, so I did that for a while. But then I had this. You know, I was being behind a desk in a cubicle at 24, and I had my uh, little girl. And my wife's like, Hey, you know, you gained some weight. I ended up going to the doctor. I had a high blood pressure. I was having some health issues at 24. And I was like, Hey, I've got to do something. Right. You know, so I had a, um, ended up being my business partner, was running a fitness boot camp. And I started taking tips from him, and I lost a lot of weight. And uh, he was actually a couple of towns away, so I was traveling back and forth. And uh, he was running this boot camp, and um, he, uh, I walked in, I said, so you're telling me you just put this equipment in, in a, in a, you know, this room here, this building and people pay you to come work out. I said, that's a pretty good model. And (laughs) as I, uh, (laughs) as I started losing my weight and having, having great success and feeling better about myself, Mm -hmm. I found a passion for fitness. And uh, so I started in the park. So I started coaching a park. So I was working nine to five being an engineer and I was coaching before and after work in a park. And I remember people at work laughing. at me, like, what are you doing? You know, like you're making six figures out here working engineering, but you're coaching bootcamp classes. And it was just something I really enjoyed and we were able to take that me and me and my business partner, he was doing it over here. And uh, I went and bought a first facility. So, and I coached all the classes there and <laughs> went and hired people and went through that whole process of, um, making a business out of it. And then I was eventually able to quit my job in 2015. And that's when we really started scaling the business.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And, and, um, you know, it's great whenever you are able to take something that is a passion and then, and then turn that into, uh, your vocation. Um, so, uh, you know, kind of going back through that career, I'm sure you know, we've all had people that have kind of helped us along the way, whether formally or informally. Um, but so as you look back, you know, do you have any uh, particular mentors that you've kind of identified the people that have maybe helped guide you along the way um, that, that have kind of helped shape who you are now?
1: No, absolutely. I mean, first of all, it starts with I had the luxury of having some great parents and obviously my dad showing me hard work and uh, respect and integrity and all that. But uh, there's a couple of really across the board that uh, has helped me in many aspects of business. First, my business partner, Josh Cherry. Uh, He helped me. He's a very good leader, communicator, and he's helped me grow me in that aspect. Because if you're going to scale anything, if you're going to build a business, you have to be able to communicate. Yeah. And it's ne- necessarily being an introvert engineer that necessarily wasn't my strong suit. He's actually worked that, helped me get out in that area. Yeah. And then uh, as me and him were growing the business, we went and got coaching. And I do recommend getting at some level if you can, if it's free coaching, if it's going into a mastermind, if it's finding a group of entrepreneurs around you as you're growing the business, we went out and uh, we had a coach that specialized in building fitness businesses. Mm. and um, That's good. Name was Sean Greenley with MP Net Profit Explosion, and we worked with him for a long time. He's the one that, sorry, he's sorry. the one that really helped us um, really scale our locations, towards you know across multiple locations. Yeah. And then uh, as we went to franchise the concept, we went and got a franchise consultant to come in. Her name was uh, Lynette McKee, and she yeah. came in helped us build the franchise. Yeah. So really, along the way of every step of growth, there was somebody that I can look to and say they helped us and mentored us to get to this certain point. Mm-hmm. You can't do it by yourself.
0: No, and I, you're right. And I think that's great advice. Um, you know, Sometimes there is a sense of loneliness in that entrepreneurial seat and uh, having the, um, the humility to recognize and understand that we need help. It's okay to get help. And in fact, um, even the best have had those coaches. They've had those people that have helped them along the way. Uh, that's a great understanding and, and a great piece of advice for people to, to understand as they're trying to uh, build their own journey as
1: well. Yeah. I couldn't imagine doing this journey by myself. It's me, it's my business partner, it's his spouse and my spouse. And you always hear horror stories about partnerships and business partnerships. Mm-hmm. And I, you, you know, you can get in front of that. You ever heard of a, um, a lot of people talk about E-Myth Revisited. Oh yeah. We yeah. we so happened to read that book very early on and had mm-hmm. our you know areas that we strong we were strong in and we really stayed in our lane but we also shared the same vision we understood the big picture and where we were going and um if you're going to go for a business partner you can't just go in for financials you actually got to be able to mold with them and make sure you enjoy i mean it's like a marriage yeah it takes work it takes work just like a marriage you know absolutely you got to go and you got to work on that marriage you got to communicate the same thing with a business partnership and make sure that if there's an issue that rises up i kind of went off subject to squirrel a little bit (laughs) here talking about business partnerships (laughs) but um you have to communicate early on if there's issues. I know people are uncomfortable with the conflict. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes it a lot better if you just have that communication. With
0: them. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm glad you did because I actually want to dive into that a little bit here um, because that is a uh, that's a question that that we hear a lot when people are looking at uh, building their businesses. Should we go into partnership? Should I partner w- with someone? Should I not? Um, As you and your business partner made the decision to kind of uh, do this as a joint venture, you know what kind of um, what kind of barriers did you put in place? Or or that's not the right word. What what type of guardrails did you put in place, maybe, to help make sure that um, that you two could run? this successful organization as a partnership um, and make sure that you could overcome conflict and handle these issues as they came up? What types of things were you able to do to help make sure that that was, that was going to be a, a positive relationship for the long run?
1: Yeah, early on, I mean, obviously we made mistakes. I mean, we've been in this thing for 10 years battling it together. Uh, first thing, me and him have a friendship. So we, you know, it's probably, if I had to look, probably my best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, so me and him had that friendship first. We never wanted to ruin that friendship. And we also happened to be brother-in-law, so we married sisters. Oh, so that's, wow. that's another layer yeah. to it. Uh, yeah. But uh, the main thing was just communication. We we currently right now use the EOS system um, entrepreneurial operating system from Gino Whitman. Oh, That's yeah. how we run the organization, which really helped a lot of it, really bubbled up a lot of conflict and you had yeah. great communication in those meetings. But before then it was really just uh, one point of contact. You know, we're all going to have our opinions. We have to have one person that initially makes those decisions. And right. so happened to be my business partner and I was okay with, I trusted him and his decisions mm-hmm. and I would, I was able to voice my opinion. But at the end of the day, he made the final decision, and we just had that agreement. I think where conflict comes in partnerships is when you don't have that understanding. When you mm-hmm. everybody wants to be the chief, and yeah. Uh, yeah. sometimes you have to. Our egos. Everybody has an ego, and we we all do. Mm-hmm. But understanding your strengths and your weaknesses, understanding their strengths and their weaknesses, and allowing them to work together, yeah. and then just have that communication where you know I, I just want to be able to express my opinion, and then however we go, they make the decision. And right. sometimes those roles change. Sometimes it was me, you know, in the uh, EOS system, I'm the integrator. So, uh, right. you know, just so happened to change seats. Early on, it was him. Now we're shifting to me and yeah. we just learn how to mold together and partnerships are tricky. And it's just, oh yeah, uh, you have to, you, it's just, it's a dance and you have to, you know, sometimes let the other person lead.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Cause I know that's a challenge that a lot of people face, um, you know, trying to determine whether to go into business with someone, but then trying to figure out how to navigate those waters. And, um, that's some great advice. And for those that are not familiar with the EOS system, uh, I would recommend you become familiar with it. It's a, um, it's an excellent, Excellent platform. And, and I'll, I'll kind of do a shameless plug on that as well. If you have more questions uh, to the audience, if you have more questions, let me know. We're able to implement that within your organization. And so uh, we'd be happy to do that. Robbie did not know that. So he was not plugging that whenever he said it, but <laughs> that is an excellent, uh, that is an excellent system um, to really help build your business and kind of take it to the next level and figure out the roles and responsibilities so I, I want to talk about this too you know you went through a um, um, kind of an obvious season in your career when uh, in your early 20s obviously you know you had what we would all consider to be a great career uh, in engineering um, uh, making good money had a good career path and then making that leap and making that decision to go into more of an entrepreneurial seat um, what what was it about that Stage in your life that made you think, you know, what I'm going to try something different because that's I mean, a huge leap of faith when you have the stability of a, of a six figure income um, to decide. All right, I'm going to go try this entrepreneurial thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, at first it was I just wanted to make some extra money. I created it as a side hustle, you know, just something yeah. to to please me because I had I had a, a child, I had a wife, uh, and then I had one on the way. So making that jump. It yeah. wasn't just like it was just me. I was, I had to put everybody in perspective, but uh, it was just something that I wanted to do. I, I loved helping people. I loved changing lives. I loved uh, that part of my life. And when I was doing that, it wasn't work, you know. So mm-hmm. I got off work. I would work until midnight, one o'clock in the morning on this stuff, and I just really enjoyed it. When I would go to work nine to five, that's all I was thinking about. Yeah. So uh, it just, uh, I mean, it's scary, but you know it was just something that I really just enjoyed doing and mm-hmm. Now, moving from the fitness world and coaching, moving to the franchising and really helping people create their own dreams, right. I've even loved that even more. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was scary, and it was something that, uh, looking back, it was probably the craziest thing I could have done. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I'm it was sure. probably, it probably was, yeah, I mean, looking at everything, looking at it was, it was probably pretty ignorant. And, you know, I'm sure my dad my mom probably felt the same way when I told them, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do it, I'm going to move, and I'm going to do all this stuff. And, yeah. uh, But it was the best thing I could have done because me and my wife are both happier than we've we been.
0: That's good. And and now where you are, um, how would you define or describe success? I mean, I'm sure it's different now than what it maybe has been in other times in your life, but what does success look like for you now?
1: Success, so when I was younger, it was all built around uh, money. It was built around how much money I was going to get. And as I got older and as I'm getting older, um, uh, success is about waking up and me and my wife are doing what we love to do and I'm continuing to grow and I don't want to settle. I might create other brands. I might create different things, but as long as I'm pushing myself, I'm learning more. I'm, um, I'm continuing to change lives. What we're putting out in the marketplace is changing lives and helping people. Mm -hmm. Um, I get familiar. I get success out of that.
0: Yeah. And do you think that there's been a, um, you know, early in your career, obviously success was defined differently. Was there a particular season or particular stage in life that you started to recognize that shift or has it been just kind of a natural thing over time as you look back and say, you know what, I'm probably focused a little differently than what I was at one point.
1: Yeah. I'd like to think it's maturity, just getting older, having kids, having kids change your life. It's uh well, yeah. at first you, you jump out and be an entrepreneur, the money is not there. I mean, it's just right. constantly chasing, yeah. constantly yeah. making sure that, everything's going to be okay. You have that stress yeah. of trying to, um, always make it. Yeah. Um, you know, I like to think as my kids, it's, um, just maturity, just getting older, just, uh, being yeah. more comfortable who I am, mm-hmm. uh, in that process.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, so let's talk about this scaling a little bit. I, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this because you all have scaled very quickly. Uh, so, um, you know, 2013, Um, you were doing the boot camps and and doing that in a park. And then, uh, by 2015, you're able to bring on 15 licensees. And then 2016 started the franchising process. Um, and so now here you sit with, um, with 50 franchisees. How, how did that look? What even gave you the idea to do it? Um, and, and what did that process look like? I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a big leap to make. And I know a lot of business people think about, maybe franchising someday, but then try to, you know, just how do you navigate those waters? So what did that whole process look like and what led to making that type of decision?
1: Yeah, so, uh, I mean, franchising... I always enjoyed franchising. I looked at franchising as, as a kid. I was really amazed about McDonald's and Ray Kroc and how he did all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we started in 2013, it was a, it was a pipe dream. Like you said, we were in a oh, park. Man. He was in a park. I was in a park. Uh, Opening our first location in, in 20, the end of 2013, and then uh, he opened his location in Florida. And We just started. Hey, man, it would be cool if we started, you know, uh, doing this, doing the same things, and we started putting in place. Yeah. The stuff for a license, I guess you can say. And then we had friends, we had family that said, well, you're making money. Can I do it? And, you know, we, we so it just started happening. And there's a couple things that happened there early on. 2013, we were both in small towns. We really understood Facebook marketing. So oh, we were yeah. getting like eight cent leads. I mean, that's how cheap we were getting leads wow. for, like eight cents. Yeah. Yeah. Um and as we, uh, as we progressed, we realized that we had to really secure on more operations than we could live off Facebook. So about 2015, we made that pivot to uh, really creating the operations. And we had 15 licenses. And we, so we started having to really dive in. And like I said, success would not be just putting something out and having a lot of people buy it. I really wanted to change right. people's lives. And we realized... Leveraging Facebook and leveraging not really focus on operations, just product, we weren't doing anybody any favors. So when we tried to lock back into operations and control marketing and really help build a brand, we realized we were in that franchising realm. And that's really kind of pushed us to franchise. We could have a lot faster with licenses, but we wasn't really given the product that we wanted to give mm-hmm. without franchising. So when we would jump into franchising... Man, it, you go to all different things. You know, you yeah. got laws, you got things you have to do. You have to really reset the culture, go back and sell everybody on this dream because you sold them on a license, and not a lot of you know. You ever since a franchise agreement? It's pretty thick, and there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of things you got to abide by. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> other than that, I mean, scaling that and, and dealing with all those people, is a bunch of different. Uh, levels that you have to deal with. One is communicating. It's like hiring employees. You have to keep them in the know. You have to communicate with them. You have to talk to yeah. them. If you're going to scale, uh, if you're going to scale something like that. You have to be a strong communicator. And if you're not a strong communicator, you got to bring on a strong communicator. <laughs> and luckily for me, my business partner was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the the process of franchising, um, of course, is a fairly tedious one and a lot of um, legality that goes behind that. As you mentioned, you know, you've got this kind of two or three inch thick uh, franchise agreement that goes along with that. Where did you where did you feel like the um, the opportunity was in your business and what the differentiator was in your business to help people take on that opportunity to franchise? Um, compared to, as an example, I mean, another thing you could have done was coach people on how to open a fitness, um, uh, facility or, um, you know, help, help others just kind of build their own brand. What was it about the brand and the service offering that you had that you recognized what we have is valuable enough that we believe people would want to buy into this to do things sort of maybe differently than what, what others are doing it?
1: Yeah. So, Delta Life Franchising, I guess I really didn't explain what it was. Uh, Delta Life Fitness, it's a women's group fitness facility. So we deal with uh, group fitness classes for women. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, We found a hole in the marketplace, me and my business partner. We're married and we have kids. And uh, we could go work out, but my wife took care of the house, taking care of the kids during the day. She never had the opportunity because nobody had childcare. So we were able to build a program for them. Okay. so the opportunity was me. It's not my strong suit. You being an EOS implementer, mm-hmm. uh, probably strong suit is communication, coaching people, right. seeing issues and solving. That's not my strong suit. I can't. Yeah. I can't communicate that. But I can. I, I love building things, and I can go mm-hmm. build it. And I can see the whole operation as a whole and right. try to fix issues. And that's what I was strong at. And that's what drove me to franchising is because that was my strong suit.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And I could able to help people. I was able to build something that somebody could take. And really. What we're looking for in franchising and all franchises look for is a little bit of entrepreneur and a little bit of uh, an operator that, you know, you you want one foot in, one foot out of being an entrepreneur. That's, you know, so that's what we look for. So I can help. I can build a system, get to that person. They can use that little bit of entrepreneur in them and make it successful.
0: Mm hmm. Well, and and for the people that may be in a situation that they're thinking about getting into business, but potentially looking at um, doing it through a franchise, what would you say the benefits are for them? So if, if there's someone out there that is looking, whether it be in, in boutique fitness or um, whatever other industry they're considering, what are the advantages for someone in, in deciding to, to go with a franchise model instead of trying to build their own business from scratch?
1: You know, so with franchising is it, the old saying is you go in business fiz- you go in business for yourself, but not by yourself. Right. And when you want to create something from scratch, uh, it's very difficult. Everything from the branding to building out how to hire people to building out the product, all of it. When you go into a franchise, if if you really just if you have a passion to build something, that's what I have. Right. I could be a franchisee. I wouldn't be a good franchisee, yeah, because I'm because I want to know. I want to build it. I want to see right. it. I want to fix it. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, going into franchise, you're able to build an asset for yourself, but you're not having to worry about. You can really go in and concentrate on delivering a great product. You have yeah. to have. And when you're when we look for franchisees, we don't want to just take anybody. Well, I, you sure. know, just because you're breathing and have a check, don't mean I <laughs> I want you to be a part of my system. You really have to love right. the product. You know, if I was going, you really have to love who you're serving, and that's what we try to during the franchise process. When looking to bring on somebody, Mm -hmm. we have to make sure that they fit our client
0: profile to own the store. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. So that is definitely something for uh, for people to consider. Whether you are um, in a business situation that you're thinking about creating the franchise out of your business, or if you're looking at getting into business and thinking about a franchise, you know, buying into a franchise. I I think what you said there, Robbie, is is um, a great point. Just to sort of simplify that concept is, um, uh, I, I'm the same way. I would not be great at owning a franchise because when I see, uh, I, I want to identify problems and try to fix them. Um, instead of let's take the process let's take the model and let's go with it stick to it stick to it stick to it it's going to work um and so I think that's a great kind of mindset maybe for people to be thinking about which model is best for you. If you love to build something and you love to, uh, look at just a, you know, a whiteboard and then build from nowhere, then buying into a franchise may be a bit of a challenge for you. But if you know you want that entrepreneurial mind, but you want some of the groundwork laid, the foundation there, those franchises are a tremendous opportunity to do that and where you can build your business but have this huge amount of support behind you. So um, that's something to definitely keep in mind if you're considering going into business for yourself and whether a franchise is really right for you or not. I love the way you presented that. I think that's great advice for people to understand.
1: Yeah, and it's definitely like trying to build something from scratch is very risky because you have to prove it. You're going into a system, usually a franchise has an item 19 or some type of portfolio that shows how that franchise performs. And then from there, Your job is to see the franchise and say, what can I do within the system? Because a franchisee can't do the work, or the franchisor can't do the work for you. All we can do is just give you a playbook. You have to go deliver that playbook. You have to go run the plays. And I think that's where sometimes the uh, difficult in franchising kind of misses the mark a little bit is they think that it's ought to be done for them. It's not done for you. You have to to, to go execute. Yeah. you have to, as a franchisee or as a person coming into that system, you have right. to look at that and say, Can I execute this? Yeah. We're a very hands-on model. We mm-hmm. don't I don't want somebody to come in our system and just be a paycheck owner, like just goes to the mailbox and grabs a check. I want somebody to come in and actually gonna run the store, be a part of the culture. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're looking for. So yeah. if you're looking into models, you really need to understand who's successful inside that model. When you're calling and getting validation from other franchisees, who's successful? Why are they successful? What's How do they fit? Are they like you? Are they not like you? There's a lot of things looking into a franchise system, not just, you know, hey, I want to go on a McDonald's. What does it take to own a McDonald's? McDonald's has a very strenuous process of owning. It's very interesting. And we're trying to model that around us. And as a franchisee, if you're looking into a franchise system, Mm -hmm. you got to look at the ownership and say, are they holding me accountable? Or are they really being picky with me? Or are they not? Because that kind of shows you how they're onboarding people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point too. Um, well, so Robbie, as we look forward a little bit, like, um, I mean, you all are, are still kind of in these early and definitely building stages. I mean, I know you're looking to, to grow a lot this year in 2019 and, and moving forward. So as we look maybe, you know, in the next eight to 10 years, what does that look like for you uh, personally and for your business?
1: So as you know, with the OS, we have a uh, three-year vision and a 10-year vision. Yeah, um, yeah, You know, uh, for us, it's 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 really growing the operation of the gym, making sure it's tighter. You know, with franchising, it's like a cone. The, the more you get away, it kind of widens up. Yeah. So you, you constantly have to bring that back in with the vision and understanding uh, of the business. Obviously, we want to our goal is to in the next three years have a hundred plus units on the books operating in multiple cities, Mm -hmm. um, you know, being a leader in the industry Mm -hmm. uh, and, and continuing to grow that, um, you know, 10 year goal is, uh, you know, we want to change a million lives and that's what we want to do by 20, what is it? Twenty twenty eight or something like that. That's what we want to, we want to change a million lives. And that's what we want to continue to do. And and the way we do it is different things. We, we obviously are on a, upper operations but we opened up a program within our gyms it's a young women's initiative that young ladies between 14 and 17 to come train for free oh. uh, it's still an application program but we're trying to bring the youth in and what that does is we understand the struggles you know me being, being married, I have a daughter of my own. There, there's a lot of struggles that women deal with that us guys never had to deal with. You That's know? true. Uh, that we want to make sure that we reach out to the communities that we're in and we help change those communities. So we open up programs like that mm-hmm. to hopefully affect more lives that yeah. we can. Um, and we want to obviously build more trust with our franchisees. We want them to believe in us. We want them to respect us and vice versa. We want to do the same to them. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, continue to build those lines, those bridges across and, and build those relationships up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's excellent. That's a great way to give back and um, help some of the youth and certainly build some um, some good habits at an early age and kind of develop that passion for fitness uh, yeah. uh, for the yeah, youth. We're, well.
1: a, we're a big community. Uh, and when you go into these gyms, it's amazing. You know, we have testimony of the ladies crying, you know, it, mm-hmm. I kind of got kicked out of the gym because it's a ladies' uh, ladies group that, yeah. you know, they don't want me around. But when I get to go in there and talk to them and, and they're talking and they're crying about how much it changed their lives, it really means a lot. And, you know, I mean, to have that strong of community, bringing some, yeah. especially young women that maybe be struggling with different things into that community where they yeah. take care of them, it's a very powerful thing. And I'm very grateful that we can offer that. But our franchisees are, they took it on board and they're offering it. And, you know, yeah. it's great.
0: That is really good. It gives them a safe, just an emotionally safe place, which is just tremendous. Um, that that's a great initiative. I love that. I think that's as as someone I've got a daughter of my own, and and um, to to know that something like that is out there, I think that's amazing to just give them a nice, safe place to be able to go, build healthy habits, and and have that uh, kind of emotional stability. Uh, that's that's Absolutely. a great program. Um, well. You obviously, Rob, you've got an opportunity to work with a lot of different people. I mean, you've got your your franchisees, um, you've got uh, you know your business partner, and then obviously the clients that you all have had over the years. Um, through the course of that, are, are there? Are there any particular kind of personality characteristics that that you know you kind of naturally gravitate to? I mean, just um, uh, traits that you enjoy being around or on the flip side of that, are there things that you've seen um, just in sort of personality characteristics that you know you kind of have to stay away from They can be a bit toxic, toxic for you um, just in sort of understanding the personalities and the mindset of people out there?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I know my weaknesses. My weaknesses is I'm a very... Um, I listen a lot and, and necessarily sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when it comes to, especially, you know, we, we had a point where we exploded and we had a lot of employees and mm-hmm. then we had to contract as we, when we went to France, when we were licensing, we blew up to about 15 employees and then mm-hmm. we went to go franchising. We had to quit selling. We could not sell for a year and a half as we're building up the system. So we had to contract. We couldn't sell anything. Yeah. And, um, uh, so dealing with a big team, uh, my business partner, he was a Marine Corps pilot. He had to leave. He had duty. He had to go serve. So yeah. it, to a point, it went to me where yeah. at for a while I was leading the headquarters office. And me yeah. being early in entrepreneurship, uh, my leadership tactics wasn't the best. You know, I had to, I had to grow those. And right. me being right. a recluse, me being very quiet, mm-hmm. Um employees are just are like anybody else. They want to be communicated. They want to be told they're having a great job. They want to, they want to know what's going on. And, um, me being a young entrepreneur, young leader, young, young business, I didn't understand that. And I try to stay in my comfort zone and really cause a lot of conflict. So Hmm. when, when uh, this is my advice and it might not be the best advice, but, (laughs) um, You know, uh, having a meeting rhythm, you know, that being an integrator, having a meeting mm-hmm. rhythm and then meeting with your leadership team and letting those leadership teams go out and meet with their people and keeping everybody understanding what the big vision is mm-hmm. and why what they're doing is important to that vision and making them sure that they understand why they're important to the organization yeah. and be, you know, me being more open, even with the franchisees, me telling the truth is always the best, yes. you know, being very open and telling the truth and, and having that open communication mm-hmm. where, um, they feel like they can voice themselves, you know, being, like I said, being young and having success and, mm-hmm. and growing very quickly. You think, man, you know, I'm this genius. Yeah, it's not you. It's it's everybody right. helping you work yeah. towards that goal. And uh, shutting people off and not communicating with them or not taking what they're saying to heart and making sure they felt heard is probably the biggest mistake I made in business. And I and I ran off a lot of good people, and uh, yeah. we created a lot of mistrust that we had to build those bridges back up with franchisees. It was just uh, so toxic if you look at yourself. And, and you can be the introvert, and and mm-hmm. but it's hard to do that. You have to get out of your comfort zone and communicate. You have to communicate. However best you communicate, yeah. you have to communicate. Through email, if it's through whatever, get a good meeting rhythm set up. Find you an EOS implementer. Like it, it it helped me grow as a leader. It really has. And uh, and working with the implementer, putting me in that seat and forcing me to do meetings, forcing me to lead meetings, uh, made me a better leader.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. Excellent, excellent advice there. Uh, Well, before we head out of here, how can uh, how can we learn more about you um, and and what you're doing and and about the um, the operation that you're building there?
1: yeah so you can check us out at deathlifefitness.com. there you can learn all about what we're doing here you can find a studio close to you if you want to go check one out or you can put in a, a inquiry to own a franchise we were just uh named top 100 game changing franchises um we were on club solutions franchise forecast for 2019 mm-hmm. one of 14 studios so we uh we have a lot of growth ahead of us um you can contact me on. Uh, I use a lot of Facebook, so you can just Robbie Marlowe. You can hit me up on LinkedIn, same thing. Robbie Marlowe, or Instagram. Robbie, yeah. I couldn't get Robbie Marlowe, so it's Robbie underscore Marlow. Yeah, of course, Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, i usually pretty receptive on Instagram or um, you know social media. Or you can uh, email me at Robbie at DeltaLifeFitness dot com. If you have any questions, I- interested in learning about if you franchising, hey, I'm an open book here, and yeah. I like to get as much as I can.
0: That's great. Well, Robbie, thank you again so much. This is great information. I appreciate your willingness to share. I know uh, that that franchising is a tedious process, and um, so thank you for sharing your thoughts and insights and, and how you've been able to do that. I have no doubt that that's been very beneficial for uh, for the folks out there. Thank you so much.
1: Well, thanks for having me on call. I wish I hope they got some value out of it. And uh, you know, if they have any questions about what we talked about, email me, message me, and I'll uh, shoot sure answer.
0: Perfect. Thank you for checking out today's business playmaker links to the resources discussed in today's episode are available in the show notes for more information and resources from your host. You can visit him at www.kylegorman.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast for the latest episodes and until next time, make it a great day.